Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, wherever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Five stars all the way. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where you can look up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And also go to Twitter. My control issues is the handle AMC. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, A Dub, because this is the 2023 22. I'll overlay all of that into the episode. Um, but yeah, we are back at it. A dub. We have the trolleys for the control issues podcast. That's right. This is where we run through our favorite categories that sum up the year, which happens to be 2022, and everything that was good that came out, and everything that you had a problem with. Thank you, guys. <laughs> um, hate and pleasure. Yeah, hate and pleasure. But a dub, you know, let's uh before we get right into the categories, let's start this off with just discussing, you know, how was your year on a personal level, on a gaming level? How how was it all? How did how did 2022? You know, we had the pandemic 2020, we had the figuring out the pandemic still in 2021, <laughs> and then 2022 was the year of back to work back to normalcy get in your real life in real life experiences but you still get in your game in so how was that all for you Ada? well personally my year has been a little all over the place some some ups some downs you know kind of kind of a middling kind of thing where i wanted to you know get more done be a little further along with my own self and my personal improvement and so far as games you know i played a lot of cool games this year. I also played a lot of cool games from years past, digging through my backlog, working on things that I've yet to finish. Man, I'm still playing Cyberpunk, man. I'm still doing side missions. I just keep going to all these yellow exclamation points on the map, just like, all right, another mission. All right, another mission. All right, another mission. <laughs> it's like I have one main quest mission, and I just ignore it. <laughs> I've been getting it. But man, I've been getting into all kind of story beats, doing all kind of cool stuff. Found the uh, the David Martinez jacket from Cyberpunk Edge Runners anime, so I got the Rebecca shotgun, and mm. I got the David Martinez jacket. So I'm mm. rolling around in style, looking slick. Yeah, man, and just get, just getting into really interesting things. Like there's such a good game in there if people would just give it the chance. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily, millions did and millions enjoy it. AMC got it on the back burner waiting for that that Idris Elba Phantom Liberty expansion. Yeah, I cannot wait for that, A-Dub. Well, yeah, you know, things are, basically, things have been pretty solid for me. We had some bangers this year, some things that consumed gobs of my time. Uh, we had some other things that, you know, were little quick hits, but very potent and sharp. Uh, you know, some other games that fell a little flat. That's unfortunate for everyone involved. But you know what? They were still all right games. AMC, how about yourself? How has 2022 treated the kid? Has uh, treated me very well. Um, with the the emphasis on the kid, because I had uh, 
at the end of 2021 i had a second kid and so a lot of 2022 was figuring out you know how is the new landscape gonna be with a second kid in the house uh you know just i'm always working on managing my time as uh as we met up with the homie doom gaze the other week and he was trying to figure out how we have time to to work out or do anything yeah. um that's just the life of one working man but then also somebody with like a father and everything um with a kid and everything we all got fathers for the most part um but yeah just you know family life <laughs> with work life and then also dealing with yourself and so um yeah um you know, this surprisingly was a a more optimistic. It turned out a lot better than I might have thought w- would have gone into before uh, Naomi was born. Um, I mean, I got back into multiplayer, which was a big deal. There um, it is. I played some awesome girlfriend games like you know so this year was the year where i started doing like you know like a journal just of like like what i watch what i play just so i can always look back yeah so i can always look back at what i played and like just like scanning the list it was like it's a pretty well balanced list like if you were to look at it like say like a stock portfolio and wanting to hit like a little bit of everything so that you had a well-rounded year and so i just look at it played some some great you know, girlfriend games. We had Cuphead. We had It Takes Two, Moving Out, Golf Story, uh, Nobody Saves the World. Then I played some, an old game, an oldie, but a game that I've been waiting to get to and it ended up meeting all my expectations. That being Castlevania Symphony of the Night. There that it is. One amazing. of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. And then just other games to fill in that, like some good roguelikes. I mean, I'd started Hades in 2021, but I really, completed hades in 2022 that meaning doing all the runs possible to see that that real ending um played dead cells that was absolutely amazing another great roguelike that i've been meaning to get to and then yeah so just some great single player experiences uh astro chain and then um yeah eastward and yeah 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 just so many games oh, yeah games. you played eastward yeah just so many great games that i uh, came out between last year in the past and then this year and um yeah still working on kirby um yeah so it's just overall just an awesome year gaming and the fact that i was able to play all those games and still have so rich of a you know just a a family life at the same time while also being able to focus in on work when i needed to it was a, a good balanced year i would say and yeah um I'll, 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 as we had discussed in many episodes this year, just making sure, just always focusing on my gratitudes and, you know, not focusing on the negativity, which is, you know, the podcast is always about finding the negativity and explaining why it's all just a figment of people's imaginations. <laughs> it's what you choose to focus on. And as people that choose to focus on like all the good that is of experiencing playing video games. Yeah. I, I can't complain about the state that I'm in with my PS5, my dual sense, and being able to talk to the homie through a controller. It's uh it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so um with all that said, let's get right into these categories of the show. Categories, categories of the show. <laughs> so Adev, you want to lead it off? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead it off with that first category. I'm gonna give you guys most anticipated, paid it, paid it. Mm. Yes. So this category encompasses the one, the only game 
that we're looking forward to. (laughs) And there may be some honorable bitches as well, but primarily just like that, that one crown jewel that will make our year. AMC, you want to lead off? Uh, All right. So honorable mentions, um, you know, we do share one. I'll, I'll just speak the other one, that being Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. This, that being Breath of the Wild 2. Um, this is a game that was supposed to come out this year, got delayed. Um, um, and you know, probably for the better, because um I played I, I would I might not have gotten to it. It's just it, it's funny when I look at um I looked at our last year's nominations and um I didn't get to the one that I was that I said was my most anticipated game of 2022, which was Triangle Strategy. Oh, um, uh, interesting. So, yeah, so it's kind of funny to like look at that, and um, which is just shows like whatever I thought I wanted to play, I ended up playing something else. There's always those surprise games that come out of nowhere and kind of throw off all your plans. And so I'm kind of glad that Breath of the Wild 2 didn't come out this year because who knows when I would have gotten to it just based on what I was playing uh, around that time. I'm pretty sure I would have been in knee deep in Elden Ring when that game came out. And it would have been hard to pull me away from Elden Ring at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah now it'll come out at a point and we'll see where it's at if i'm hopefully it won't be anywhere around the game that is going to be our consensus anticipated game of the year mm-hmm. or uh anticipated game um but yeah so i love breath of the wild one it was a game that um you know i had fallen off of zelda from pretty much uh ocarina of time uh i think i played, oh, wow. I played, I played a little majora's mask but didn't mm-hmm. didn't beat it and then no wind waker didn't play wind waker mm. and then didn't play uh what was that one where you can turn into the wolf <laughs> um and then, I, I have no idea yeah and then there was like a couple of those like you know game boy advance games and whatever. Oh, twilight princess yeah probably they they did a they did a remake of it um I think like a year or two ago on the switch but anyways yeah so i miss a i miss a lot of them so breath of the wild was the one where it was like oh zelda's back <laughs> like, and like um and then next thing it's it's still on npd it came out in what 2017 and still shows up in the top 10 top 20 npds so just still selling like hotcakes nintendo um, got the gta 5 yeah um it's the game that everybody points to where it's like oh this game is doing it it happened first on breath of the wild <laughs> so it's like that game that like all the other open worlds start, started taking note from apparently um and yeah. yeah it's just overall just a great game it it um captured all the lore of hyrule and all the lore of hyrule being all the lore of the previous zelda games and brought it into this game in, in a way where it was actually really cool because a lot of the um the cutscenes were actually flashbacks that kind of build you up to this point and the flashbacks are actually like points within um other games that came out before breath of the wild yeah so this one felt like it was the one that like you know encapsulated the the hyrule universe if you were you know doing that whole movie thing um and then so yeah building off of that now it'll be interesting to see where they go with um tears of the kingdom and they've shown us like you know some of their big things which is you're gonna be up in the sky doing a lot of flying in this game and you know zapping through the ground and shit like that so 
it'll be cool to see how that all works into you know the puzzles that the game will have and then also because of that like just how the world will be laid out if there's gonna be a lot of like skyward kingdoms and things along those lines and so uh i'm really looking forward to this game and you know i'll let you talk about this one um but uh the other game i'm anticipating is also starfield and not being a, an Xbox console owner, but just somebody who's interested in, you know, what the God Howard has to put out. And yes. just to see um, if this is the game that's going to be the console seller for me, uh, because it's, you know, I, I like I like Fallout, um, but it is and I liked Elden Ring. And this is going to be something different from those because it's not going to be, you know, fantasy kingdom or you know yeah fantasy kingdom or post-apocalypse it's going to be more sci-fi and to see that take from bethesda i'm very curious but uh i mean you speak on it adev because this was your most anticipated game of 2022 uh yes to speak on starfield and your other nominee so my most anticipated game of 2022 became one of my most anticipated games of 2023 because it got delayed (laughs) it was supposed to come out in november it got pushed back to tbd and yeah just waiting to see what's going on i believe there was a tweet issued by microsoft phil spencer saying that they wanted to let the the xbox engineers get involved with the development process to make sure the game is at the utmost quality i'm paraphrasing so yeah we we got a delay for starfield but we also got a massive gameplay trailer and an info blowout you know we got to see the game in motion we got to hear the immediate comparisons to no man's sky because you pull out mining tools and mine for resources and you build you you build outposts on different planets there's thousand planets they got a procedural story generation system where it's like you know it's not so much you'll encounter a person and get a quest you'll encounter a location and there's like a quest tree in there or something like that or or at least a quest but it's no longer just some dude running up to you like oh you lost your sword and if you could use it to come (laughs) drive off the bandits it's like yeah we're we're at this outpost people have been going missing we don't know what's going on (laughs) (laughs) they could get help with that stranger we just met four seconds ago but yeah we we got to see it in motion of course it's got the the first person and third person perspective. You got a mech homie. <laughs> you know, you're gonna, there's gonna be, like I said, there's a thousand planets. There's gonna be several that have those big hubs, like those cities where this is where the action is. There's gonna be barren planets that you mine for resources. There's even a futuristic version of our home planet and our home solar system that we can go visit and check out. Uh, we've seen videos of the characters walking on the surface of Mars near downed rovers or spent or dead rovers, whatever the scientific term for that is. And yeah, so we have a lot to look forward to except a firm release date along the way, but that's they still been releasing, you know, Q and A's and little snippet videos that give us greater insight into the development process and the things we can expect. The game itself looks to enjoy an improved version of Bethesda's game engine, you know, faces and character models look even better. It looks like they have a, an even wider variety of options in their character creator. So, you know, I'm getting, getting my space lady, my space Marine lady wandering around settling shit <laughs> and a solo <laughs> oh might have to go with that <laughs> one of the kids yeah but yeah starfield 
honorable mention for most anticipated, you know, damn, it would have been a much brighter 2022, not the 2022 wasn't bright already, but it would have shown even brighter with the presence of Starfield. However, hopefully this delay will bear fruit and there will be a noticeable difference in quality between what we've already seen and the final product when the game launches sometime this coming year. But AMC, we, we, we got a, we got a quorum. We got a consensus. <laughs> we have come to terms and we have agreed to amicable conditions. We got the most anticipated game, a 2023 control issues, double stamp of approval. <laughs> Let Diablo. <laughs> Diablo. Four. 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 Diablo War. Um, yeah, if this is this is the big one. This is what we've been waiting for. A dub still every now and then would just lace you with with a little bit of gameplay Diablo three. <laughs> every now and then might jump in for a season run some rips. Just get the zero to seventy in as fast as I can. And that's that's it. Like all from a personal standpoint, like there's not too many games, and this is like what captures Diablo in a nutshell for me, is that I I played Diablo three, but I feel like I skipped Diablo three. I platinum Diablo 3, and yet I feel like I skipped Diablo 3 because I didn't buy it, I didn't own it, and there's... And that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't play Necromancer. Um, we, uh, let's see, I didn't play any of the seasons, but I did everything that, you know, that <laughs> as far as, like, the trophies and playing through all the classes, maxing them out, playing them on hardcore mode, maxing them out, um, playing through the story... And all of that did all of that shit got the platinum and yet there's still so much more that diablo 3 had to offer and there's not too many games that you can say that usually by the time you platinum it you were done you, you you lick the plate clean you're putting the dishes away and you're talking about how good that meal was mm-hmm. um but diablo 3 there was just you finished it and you look over and it's just a stack of meat waiting for you for for leftovers for tomorrow and it's just, still hungry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and that's i mean that's just it in a nutshell and so you think about that all that quality just baked into diablo 4 but then what they what we've seen from a graphical standpoint and how the action looks and then also just how they're going to approach it differently and not approach it differently because they're going to take things from diablo immortal and put it in diablo 4 but just like how the action is going to look how they're going to handle their skill trees and how you build your characters and how you engage with the open world um they've done some things that is going to make this feel fresh i'm sure there's going to be the the traditional diablo fans are going to be like no this is not the diablo this isn't diablo 2 yeah <laughs> they took the di- worst elements of the best diablos <laughs> yeah um and yeah so i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of that going on but it'll be its own game and it will be awesome because every diablo game is awesome there's no bad diablo games um so yeah oh, immortal the end game yeah. <laughs> you didn't even want immortal <laughs> yeah, exactly um and so yeah uh it's everything that i love everything that i love about diablo they diablo 3 was the first one where they figured it out on console so now they've had an entire console generation and then some 
to fit to you know enhance that and improve that for then the launch of diablo 4 so there's there's just a lot of momentum going in with this game and i cannot wait to play this game day one a dub why are you excited for diablo 4 for pretty much the same exact reasons man it's just the newest and best iteration of that Diablo goodness. We've got a firm June 6th release date, hoping it holds. And just looking at the quarterly updates, the gameplay reveal that they had at one of the last game shows, just all the classes, the level of customization, the the raw visual quality, the fact that it's going to be open world and you could take on the challenges within the world of sanctuary in whatever order you see fit barring you have the skills and equipment to do so the vastly expanded paragon perk tree and yeah man it's the idea of all the different builds you know getting that first legendary getting that first set getting the getting the first like synergies going we're like okay now i have two of these Ooh, now if i do this this will happen automatically Ooh, now that thing that's happening automatically does a thousand percent weapon damage oh yes just watching those numbers build watching those watching those k's turn to m's turn to b's turn to t's <laughs> the idea that now like difficulty modes you have to fight for them against the world boss instead of just all right i think i need a greater challenge turn it up it's like no nah, you don't turn it up you gotta go through him comes <laughs> <laughs> up a portal with the giant chest i don't know I mean, maybe maybe that's the the world tier boss or that might just be a world boss you know and the and the idea that there will be world events in that you'll just see other characters and you're all just bum rushing this unstoppable threat or you know playing solo running around with your mounts exploring there's a whole lot more traversal and verticality to the map like you're going to be leaping between peaks and you know jumping up cliffs climbing ladders and stuff so that that brings more depth and texture to the world like i want to see and you know it's going with that more gritty kind of realistic looking diablo 2 art style but still very much in a Diablo three skeleton. So that's a very, uh, that's a very like smooth blend for me. I really love Diablo three Diablo two love that art style. So to see that modernized and taken to that Diablo three level where everything is destructible and, you know, body parts and bodies intact flying to and fro in your wave of now animated carnage where, you know, the damage happens as the weapon or the special move passes through the enemy, not just, all right, I hit the button. Now everything in this area just took damage. Like it's, it's animated. So you'll, you'll see the more dynamic and fluid waves of destruction is like your ax cleaves through three enemies one by one by one. So, you know, just, ah, man, just how vivid and destructive that action is going to be with the level of customization where, you know, you're not just changing the name of your character and doing a little transmogrification here and there to get a particular look. Like you're, you're changing their hair, their face, their face paint, their complexion, their eye color, the, the materials and the colors of their armor. You just have such a greater level of control there. And uh, suffice it to say, I am overly excited. Just the thought of, you know, playing the game itself, 
Then the end game with the riffs and whatever other surprises they may have for us, playing seasons of Diablo 4, just making new characters, wiping them, making more new characters, wiping them too. <laughs> just keep making new characters, keep going up that climb, keep picking a different ability to focus a build around and seeing how successful you can be with it. Like that's that's the one thing I love most is just picking a direction. And all right, let's see. Let's see if I can take this to the highest difficulty. Like, can you can you be dominant at the game at its worst with just focusing in this one direction? So looking forward to getting the newest and greatest experience in that ilk because everything is a distant second to Diablo. The, there are a lot of imitators, but no one quite sticks to landing. You know, I've seen a lot of if Diablo is the 10 out of 10 gold standard of these action RPG dungeon crawling type games, these these loot grinders, then everything else at best, maybe an eight, mostly seven. <laughs> and that's most anticipating, most anticipating, most anticipating. And see, you want to walk up to the next one? The next one we have a dub. It's an oldie but a goodie. The one that has changed its title. But we're going to hold on to this one for another year. This being the retired troll comment. Oh, uh, 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 are you trying to censor me? <laughs> yeah. So this one's interesting um, because it can come by many ways. Sometimes the industry will just, you know, change their approach to something. And then people can no longer complain about it, like loot boxes. We don't really see loot boxes anymore, but you know, yeah, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, industry changed, and you can't really talk about loot boxes. Uh, another nominee was PS5 shortages. Um, I'm sure there'll always be somebody complaining that they can't just walk into a Walmart and buy a PS5. But we've seen multiple stories about how Sony has upped their production of PS5s and people have been getting them. Um, so yeah, it's just another thing. Like they made sure for the launch of God of War and just in time for, you know, the holidays that there were PS5s ready to go to be bought. They emailed you directly to be like, Hey, buy a PS5. If you want to buy one, <laughs> we had, we got They're almost one. always available on the direct website. Yeah. Um, and My so, yeah. neighbor just got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it's one of those things that people complain about still, but not, not a leader. The consensus we had, a we agreed upon the retired troll comment that we're saying people, people just need to let go because you know, the industry can change, but sometimes the industry will change and the community will still show their true colors. And those are my favorite. Those are my favorite moments. And so the comment that we are retiring a dub is just let me buy my skins. <laughs> uh, 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 why, why are you guys anti-consumer? Why are you against choice? <laughs> well, we'll tell you why. Yeah. And so a lot of it, like, a little backstory just goes back to as we mentioned before loot boxes and you know when loot boxes are around all people talked about was you know i i want to i want to buy the skins i don't want to have to get this randomization and not get the skin that i want like why are you doing this to me and so we saw with overwatch 2 and plenty of other games they start implementing battle passes and with overwatch they also gave the option to buy the skins and it all of a sudden 
people started talking about value and how <laughs> the skins are overpriced and they start finding issues with the with the battle pass and so it's just this idea of just let me let me buy my skins is the reason why we target this is it's misleading because it's giving the idea that people want to spend money mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we look at our yeah. if we look at our winner from last year our winner was I'll wait for a price drop <laughs> because once again, yeah, it's starting to see a theme emerge here. Yeah, it's people people act like they want to spend money, but they want to spend it at the at the value that they deem, and the value that they deem is always lower than the price <laughs> that the the industry is giving them. Mm-hmm. So, Dub, you know, take it away. You know, there is a whole lot to do with you know overwatch i mean i'm not sure if this is a direct connection but i even when gta 7 came out people talked about the price of cars in that game yada yada yada. but this idea of not one people how they value you know microtransactions for games (laughs) it's ridiculous (laughs) because like i I also wanted to add a nominee to the retired troll comment and that Mm -hmm. would be a wall uh yeah <laughs> that's right here yeah yeah so whatever whatever there's a microtransaction in the game whether or not you can actually earn the thing in the game through just playing the game which you apparently want to do so the common refrain is oh they're lacking content behind the paywall oh they, they make the grind more tedious so that you have no choice but to pay for it. it's like all right well what do you want then <laughs> like <laughs> We, we've already established a very thick line which states you're not going to get everything for free unless you earn it. <laughs> and if you're not going to earn it, hey, you can pay for it. So in games that have these battle passes and you know microtransactions, more likely than not, and I put great emphasis on more likely than not, you don't have to pay for anything. I played Gran Turismo 7 for a good portion of 2022. Absolutely love it. I have a garage of almost 100 cars. I'm over the 80s now. Yeah. I still have I still have missions and I still have license tests, things that award me cars for getting all bronze and all gold. So I'll definitely get over 100 cars once I finish all that stuff. I've bought cars and not with my own money, with the money that I earn in the game. Because I run these races, I shoot for perfection. I keep stacking my chips. And when I get that gold, I move on. I don't need to have every car in the game. And it's like, what Like, what are you really complaining about when you're... First, you say, just let me buy stuff. Then when you can buy stuff, you're saying, oh, it costs too much. So what's, what's going on here? Do you want to buy stuff? Do you <laughs> want to earn stuff? Because we had randomized payouts of digital content that we earn quite frequently on a daily basis, specifically in a game like Overwatch, where just if you played the game pretty regularly, you'd get what you were looking for pretty soon. Like there's there there's been countless times where it's like, oh I really hope I get this skin for this event. First loot box, there's the skin. Did it. <laughs> got the got you know, got the Mercy Witch skin off like a bonus loot box or something like that. I don't I don't even remember specifically, but there are many instances where 
It's like a skin will pop out, a, a line will pop out, a banner will pop out, an icon will pop out, currency will pop out that I can use to buy the skin that I want. You already could buy skins. You just weren't playing the game. And it's, uh, it, we, gamers, you got to stop complaining about stuff until you consider the repercussions of what would happen should your complaint be catered to. Because more often than not, it isn't going to go the way that you expect. And then we go from having loot boxes where we were getting content, randomized, regular intervals, for free. Now we got a battle pass, ain't getting shit. Except the occasional, you know, 30, 30 currency drop every day or something like that. Is it every day? So, yeah. So you can you can earn just under a battle pass if you play the game every day and do the daily challenges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you still got to play the battle pass. You still got to go through the levels. So it's like it, the loss of something that you didn't like resulted in something, the gain of something that nobody likes. And we can't <laughs> do anything about it. Because y'all had to go and open your big ass mouths. So yes, it's time to retire this troll comment until y'all figure out what the hell it is you want and how best to properly communicate that to an industry that is, for all intents and purposes, trying to make a dollar because they have to keep the lights on. It's a business, dude. They got people to pay. They got mouths to feed. I got five kids to feed, man. So just let them make their money and let us keep playing games without all these weird monetization tactics being introduced because you guys didn't like the ones that were, you know, optional, avoidable, avoidable, <laughs> avoidable, <laughs> innocuous. I was thinking of so many words. I'm on my Mike Tyson moment right now. So yeah, man, it's just let me buy my skins. Go ahead and buy your skins or don't stop you belly bitch. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's funny because especially when you look at Overwatch, it's because you think about it, like, so it's, Ten dollars for about two months. It's sixty days. Mm-hmm. Sixty days. So ten dollars for two months. That's five dollars a month. That's um, about as much for a normal subscription to like a streaming service, even less. But then, like, how many do you still get to partake in the service, even if you decide not to spend money on it? Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. the part. Like, like you can't just not pay for Netflix <laughs> and still have Netflix. Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like you can literally just opt out of the cosmetics. You say, "Oh, I don't like this battle pass. Well, I'm not paying ten bucks." And still enjoy the shit out of Overwatch. Um, and then you just play. You might, if there's a new hero, you might just unlock them a little bit later. Um, but I, I unlocked Ramatra earlier this week. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that people look at it as like greed, but really, you get access. You didn't have to pay for the game. Everything was there. And you showed your true colors. You showed that all you cared about was the fact that. You didn't want to pay for the game. You didn't want to pay for the skins. You just wanted to play it and then shit on Blizzard and say that they made a horrible game. <laughs> game is free. Yeah. So you already got $60 to $70 at your disposal. <laughs> that's seven battle passes. That's yeah. like three or four skins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever, though. Let A Dove get into the next category of the show. Next category of the show. Oh, we're going most trolled AFC. So this category looks back at the year and collects the targets of the most trolling as observed by ourselves, A-Dub and the AMC. The 
Nominees for Most Troll 2022 are Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West, Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, and Blizzard <laughs> as a <laughs> as a company. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to run through these, Adam? Want to run through these? I mean, Blizzard's been getting it left and right ever since the whole the whole scandal. The the Cosby Suite, Bobby Kotick looking the other way. The the unfortunate, you know, fortunate suicide of one of the former employee former employees there. And yeah, they they just been embroiled in scandal. They got this this Microsoft acquisition that's being investigated by the Federal Trade Commission, and is, you know, people are all over it. Jim Ryan's all over the globe in his private jet trying to get it stopped. <laughs> Things are going nuts. So, you know, Blizzard's been getting it from the gaming community. They're saying, oh, it's, it's not like old Blizzard anymore. Oh, they're ruining everything. Oh, I'm not going to support them because, you know, you're just going to be supporting the people that abuse them. So I'm going to make sure they, they don't have jobs anymore because they're not going to be making money. <laughs> so just harming the victims. But that's another story. Uh, Overwatch 2. As you guys already heard in the retired troll comment segment, it's just been getting it left and right. It's not it's not as good as the original. I don't like the changes they made. Uh, I don't like the battle pass. I want loot boxes back. <laughs> Launch. I couldn't play it for two days. Couldn't play it for two days. <laughs> the cues are unbearable. My stuff wasn't showing up. <laughs> Yeah, Overwatch 2 was getting it left and right. People calling it a flop, saying it's not successful. Free to play didn't help it. It's doing Apex numbers. Chill out. Overwatch 2 is doing just fine. But Diablo 4 is also getting it. <laughs> because of the quote-unquote precedent set by Diablo Immortal, now Diablo 4 was being targeted for... You know, oh, they're going to ruin it with monetization. Oh, it's always online. Oh, it's open world. Oh, it's, they're going to make, they're going to ruin Diablo. It's going to be the worst ever. If Diablo Immortal is anything to go by, the end game's going to be a, a pointless grind. It's just, it just endless negative speculation about what's going to be the thing that, that ruins Diablo, how it's probably going to have a bad launch like three and have to be fixed a year later. So, People are all over the map with it, whether they're hating on if it's going to take too many design cues from three or, you know, just uh, it's too much to go through. <laughs> see, Gran Turismo 7 was getting it for always being online, for not having enough cars, for pushing people to use microtransactions. Oh, you can't you can't grind the highest payout rates anymore in the same <laughs> amount of time and get the twenty million dollar car. It's like, well it's a different game. Of course you can't Oh the and then they were getting it for always online because, you know, Polypony Digital, they wanted to protect the integrity of their stats and leaderboards because you know people like to take their save files and alter them and ruin things for everybody <laughs> so yeah so it's always online your saves are in the cloud but, oh what if what if it's down for maintenance what if i come home from a 14-hour shift and I only have two hours to game and it's in the maintenance windows well you're shit out of luck so yeah 
Gran Turismo 7's been getting it. People saying it's the worst Gran Turismo ever. It's it's ruined by microtransactions. Uh, this and that. It's still seven still doing well. And the last nominee, Horizon Forbidden West. You already know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Aloy just can't catch a break with the gaming community. Uh, always remarking of her looks. There was a whole peach fuzz uh, hubbub going on because people are zooming in on her face and looking at the the tiny hair follicles on her cheeks, which people have if you've met people before. Uh see what else they're saying it's not much of an improvement the story is all over the place uh aloy i don't like uh, talking the game's woke all women are in positions of power (laughs) (laughs) things nobody would have ever raised a hand to you know talk about 10 years ago but now all of a sudden these are the things people look for and focus on in video games but of course the big trolling campaign toward Forbidden West came in the form of it apparently being forgotten or overshadowed by Elden Ring because that's what Sony does. They always send out Horizon right before uh, either a Zelda or a Souls game and it gets overshadowed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they sent it out to die. So yeah, those are the nominees. AMC, the winner is Surprise, surprise, no surprise. That being you fucking <laughs> you fucking haters. Um Horizon Forbidden West. This was this was a no-brainer for me, for you. Um I mean there's there's a lot going on there, especially with Blizzard and, and Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's funny, you can't even at least not you, but I can't hear people mention Diablo 4 outside of the show without like being worried about without mentioning monetization. Like it's like, oh, Diablo 4. Monetized. I don't want to support it if if their lizard's going to get the money. Yeah. And like, once again, it's like leading with the idea of that the way a game is monetized will decide how much fun I will have with it. Like they can show you 60 hours of awesome gameplay. And then people are like, but do I have to buy a skin? <laughs> and if you have to buy a skin, not even have to. Not even have to. Is there, there an option? option? <laughs> if there's an option to buy a skin, then that will ruin all 60 of those hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I was loving the game, but I couldn't get that skin. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had to, they, they had a marketplace in the game, and so that pissed me off. Um, yeah. I mean, I could have got it if I just enjoyed the game and played it until it dropped. <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah, it's like one of those things that um like it's it's always there. People are always gonna complain about it. And it's unfortunate, but that's all right because if you listen to control issues, all you hear about is our love for Diablo 4 and how much we are looking forward to it. So when you hear those fools talk about monetization, you can come to us to talk about gameplay and hard and in regards to the monetization, it's cosmetic only, and you can earn <laughs> everything through gameplay. Like I'm gonna be putting over a thousand hours into this game. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna have everything. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing that this battle pass is going to prevent me from getting. There's no amount of fun that's going to be <laughs> hampered by the presence of a battle pass or whatever bonuses that it offers for completing it. If you like the game enough, hey, maybe you'll want to get the battle pass. If you like the game just enough, then hey, maybe you'll just want to play it for what it is and enjoy what's already in it. Either way, you can have a blast. Diablo will always be one of the best bangs for your buck in game. Yeah. 
But then, yeah, the big one has to be Horizon Forbidden West because yeah. <laughs> it captures everything that is the most toxic elements of you know the gaming community as far as just viewing everything from like reading the book by its cover, <laughs> all the stuff that like that involves not looking into like you know the actual like true nature of what something is, and so yeah, you look at horizon forbidden west the first thing they see is aloy's face and they start doing side-by-side -side comparisons <laughs> and they start like, they start photoshopping in, in the fat it, face yeah yeah it's so all of a sudden now like aloy's aloy is just not hot and that's that's one of the big things with you know with the gaming community is if there's a female character the first judgment is not the gameplay not the world not the storytelling it's how does the main character look you don't look at like you never see Uncharted and people are like, "Is, is Drake hot? Yeah, <laughs> like, how's Drake's?" And hot? he's and he's not. Yeah, let me see. Drake's In my personal hot. opinion, yeah, let me see his waist <laughs> and then we get an idea of what I think. Let, of let Drake. me see that ratio. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Nobody, nobody got grossed out when he had when he had arm hair that moved in the wind. Yeah, or when Max Payne all of a sudden had a belly. <laughs> yeah. uh, people, people did call foul at it. Like, what did they do? <laughs> not by Max. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and so we have the fat face, Aloy. Then we got, yeah, I mean, you ran through all of these, but the buried by Elden Ring, so we just skip right past that. I mean, we had that whole thing with Ghost of Tsushima. People always want to be quick to point out how how Sony's burying their their first party titles, and yet they end up still selling incredibly well. <laughs> Horizon <laughs> Call the Mountain launch title for PSVR two. Horizon twenty four forty seven television series in development. Yeah, they they promote like, the Gorilla Games dude to like pretty much the head. <laughs> of Horizon the Burning Shores <laughs> expansion PS5 only coming. People were hating on that too. Like, oh, as a DLC only for the current generation. You're forgetting about the PS4 players. <laughs> yeah, Kojima it's being like, Kojima being like, let me see that engine. Let me see what I can do with that. <laughs> like everything <laughs> there. <laughs> they forgot about the PS4 players, but you bought a game that you. That you force them to give you a, give you back a free upgrade to, so you have access to the PS5 version. Therefore, PS4 players are meaningless in this equation. Yeah, it's the only game where you know the Game Awards. Something that came out what like nine to ten months after the release of Horizon Forbidden West, and people are talking about like why aren't people talking about Horizon anymore? <laughs> like, like isn't it funny that people aren't talking about Horizon anymore? Oh, it's not winning awards, but yet it's nominated in every category. Yeah. And then, you know, that value thing again, people, there is, you know, all the release before Horizon was not about, like, all the gameplay, like, additions, the, the story, how they're going to progress it, the um, the new area that they're going to be, you know, traversing. It all, all right. became, it all became about make sure you buy the previous gen's version so yeah. you can save money on the game. That's yeah. all the discussion was. And then yeah. when the game launched... It, all of a sudden, people were, you know, these consumer advocates going on, and it's like, oh, Sony's trying to hide that you can buy the PS4 version. I forgot about that. <laughs> so once again, like it they're was trying to trick people. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's kind of like it's it's a lazy journalism by the media because I mean the same thing with Overwatch Horizon. It's what they. They look at what the community is talking about, and that's what they decide to cover. To so Overwatch, 
it wasn't like, oh, look at these new heroes, look at how they changed up the format and the team composition, yada, yada. The first thing they talk about is the battle pass <laughs> and, and nothing that has to do with the game. And so, yeah, and then with Horizon, all they talked about was, you know, 70 bucks. As you pointed out, some of the websites are even encouraging people <laughs> to go buy that $60 version yeah. to stick it to the man. <laughs> but yeah, like they want access to Sony and they get mad when they get cut off from access. Um, exactly. Didn't you <laughs> encourage your readers <laughs> to, <laughs> to do whatever they can to cheat us out of 10 bucks? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Um, and then the whole thing with like, we believe in generations, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, yeah, this game had a lot of what people hate about the current state of gaming, what they try to point out as being the downfall of Sony, even though Sony continues to just dominate. Um, everything that people try to, like, I, I told you, I prophesized this, it's all playing out the way that I said oh, it would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wokeness, yada, yada. It's all captured within this one game. Yeah. And despite that, as you mentioned, a great game. Um, I mean, even people talking about, you know, so that we're seeing with poor spoken, but um less about a cringe standpoint, but more about with for horizon, people are talking about like, oh, the game talks to me too much. Like this is this is the first case, this is the first time where now I'm starting to hear like, like, oh, Sony games, like they talk to you too much and they point to Horizon as the example yeah. of like games that talk to you too much and try to tell you what to do by talking to you. Um never and- point to The Last of Us <laughs> or Uncharted. They were they were given it's a God of War though. Like, oh they they're telling me the answer to the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, that's like the thing now is the game talks to me too much. I mean, Forspoken, it's a different type of talking to myself too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, Horizon is like, it's it's the game that people point to when they think of everything that's wrong with the industry. Even though that is a single player game where you're not buying skins. No yet, monetization. Yeah. <laughs> it did everything right. And yet people just want to point out everything that it did wrong. <laughs> Digital Foundries 2022 best visuals of the year. Yeah, <laughs> best looking game on the market. I called that when it came out. Just like this is the best looking thing that you could buy on anything. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change anytime soon. Also, another thing that it doesn't have our winner of last year's most trolled was difficulty. Just <laughs> people complaining about it difficulty. Has difficulty settings. I played yeah. it start to finish on the highest difficulty. <laughs> it was rough, but it was doable. But you could put it on easy mode. Yeah, could have dropped it at any time. <laughs> but you I wanted, ashes. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that experience. You got accessibility options. You got you got your holds and your toggles. Yeah, so everything you got your that, autos. <laughs> See anything that you would want that like people complain about when they talk about RIP gaming. This game did all those things right, but yet they did so many other things wrong that it yeah. overshadowed the things that it did right. Uh, it's just a generic Ubi clone. <laughs> You see, but and, and just as a as a stark dichotomy, you see none of these concerns about Stellar Blade. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No. Uh, Japan, China knows how to make a game. Yeah. Nobody's worried about if the game is uh, is uh, is relatable. They're yeah. not worried about like all this other stuff. They're not talking about not like, worried oh, about I... the story. Not worried about the characters. They can't get into the main character. They're not talking about not being able to get into the main character. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doesn't say anything about how the characters talk too often. <laughs> talk too often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah. For people, yeah. for people who like story, character, cutscenes, people who like Hades, 
and you're talking about characters talk too much, get out of here. Yeah, is it is it that thing? Is it the the women be talking? Is that what they're saying? Women be shopping, women be women's... talking. <laughs> is that what's women going on? Women be talking, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. gonna be the name of my my, my debut stand up special. Yeah. <laughs> women <Okay>. be targets. <laughs> okay. Every every joke is a women be targets. <laughs> yeah, whenever you need to like bail out of like a bomb, women be talking. Man, women be talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburger. All right, um, let's move into <laughs> Hamburger. Hamburger. All right, let's move into our Game of the year, a day. Game of the year, game of the year. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Um, you know, I'll let you lead off because we have our nominations and then we have our game of the year. This year we parted ways, and so we once again do not have a consensus game of the year. But, you know, as we said, with our nominations, they are just right there. They're all recommendations for games that you should be buying and playing. And so it's not like if a game didn't win, that means it's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we have our nomination. We have our not nominations. We have our honorable mentions. And then we have our game of the year. So A-Dub, you can lead off this category. What, 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 are the, what are your great games and what was the greatest game that you played this year? Great games. I mean, I had a blast with Horizon Forbidden West, but I got to mm-hmm. say the game that really that really captured me this year, Gran Turismo Center. As I've been looking, I've been playing, you know, I've been playing Forza Horizon 4, Forza Horizon 5. I mean, the main reason that I even have a Series X is because Sony took so long to give me a release date for Gran Turismo 7. I was like, hey, if I don't get a release date for Gran Turismo 7 by E3 or something like that, like I'm buying a Series X. And ended up pulling the trigger about a month later, get a release date for Grand Turismo 7. So, but once I got that game, it was like, yeah, I have a a deep love of racing games. And just as a car person in general, you know, not a gearhead, not a, you know, not a hardcore car person. Don't, don't test me or try to bet me. I'll probably fail. I know a little bit. I love cars. Appreciate them. But yeah, Gran Turismo, it's just a driving game that's on a different level. It takes full advantage of the DualSense controller. Like, you can feel the car's tires losing traction. You can feel terrain. And it's everything everything that you used to guess at in previous Gran Gran Turismo's because the controller just wasn't where it is now. Like, these are things that I can feel and understand. It it used to take me several runs, several attempts at a race before I really learned the track and could overcome it. Now I I can learn a track in like two or three laps. And by then I'm gaining on the opposition, usually finish, usually hit that podium, come back for a second race, take that goal, run the perfect laps, get my Ken Miles on. And yeah, man, it's 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 an awesome game. People try to give it hell for being always online and you know, maybe you guys shouldn't be editing your save files and putting up fraudulent times. Uh, people try to complain about the microtransactions and that stuff's never in your face. And 
you don't need it. You can play the cafe menus in the game. It'll get you up to speed on some car history. It'll get you an impressive garage of vehicles. You do the license tests and perform at your best. Get those golds so you get both of the prize cars. You get the, the all bronze car and the all gold car. It, they've got mission sets that also award multiple cars for bronze and gold. And there's just so much to do so many tracks so many different kinds of races so many different kinds of vehicles there you know the list of vehicles isn't as robust as a forza is but it still offers some great stuff has some good customization tons of good parts different kinds of conditions the the dynamic day and night cycle the dynamic rain and wetness of the track it's, it's there's so much that goes into Gran Turismo 7 that makes it one of the best driving experiences ever that yeah it deserves the honorable mention here AMC what about yourself <sighs> yeah so uh my honorable mentions um you know lead off with nobody saves the world damn that this was my potential game of the year for 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 a bit it was I would loved it it was an incredible co-op experience Marissa and I enjoyed the shit out of it it's Definitely the girlfriend game of the year. Um, put so many hours developed by Drinkbox. I mean, they had made some of our previous like favorite co-op games, that being Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2. Platinum both of them with Marissa. We just enjoyed the shit out of those games. And this one was a slightly different approach. It was top down. Um, it had multiple characters um, at, in comparison to Guacamelee, which only had two characters, and the two characters shared all the same movesets. So basically, one character, one was a guy, one was a girl. But um, yeah, uh, pr- uh, sorry, getting back to Nobody Saves the World, but they found a way to do a different game and yet have the same feel. Like it, it, uh, Guacamelee was, you know, it's a Metroidvania. This one, this felt more like an arcade beat 'em up top down, I would say, but then had RPG mechanics and player progression, which was a big deal because, you know, you have that beat 'em up feel where you're walking through, they throw a horn at you, you fuck them up, and you keep moving through the world. And then you unlock all these characters. And then as you're unlocking the characters, you play, if you play as them, you do the challenges um, within the character. Then you unlock different moves and then you can swap in and out like moves that you want to use for that character. And then later you learn that you can then use moves of other characters for different characters like the horse could have magician moves and things like that. what yeah <laughs> so you can really like plug and play and and like just dip, build different style of characters to fill, fit the need and that was like the other thing i loved about the game because it was very approachable another way of saying easy for like you know for marissa a person that doesn't play a ton of video games at this point she does play a pretty good amount because we play a lot of games together but um you know she's not playing at at the level that i'm playing at but so very approachable for her but at the same time um you know it required you to pay attention to make adjustments because if you weren't paying attention then your experience would be a lot more difficult than it needed to be because there are just certain like enemy types where they had vulnerabilities and if you switched up your if you switched up your your character to a uh, to a class that was more fit to deal with that enemy type then you could take them down there were puzzles 
that involved you switching up your character to the to meet that puzzle like the the most notable one being that there was a horse and one of the characters you unlock is a horse and so if you switch to the horse and then talk to the other horse what? then you end up developing this whole relationship that plays out <laughs> um and then uh yeah and uh, things like that and so you just have to kind of think about it but you didn't have to put too much thought into the puzzles in order to you know progress the character within the game world and so um they had so much there and it was so much fun that nobody saves worlds an honorable mention the other honorable mention for me that being elden ring oh. um it delivered on the promise of open world souls that i was expecting and it had all the attention to detail that you can expect from with a from software developed game and it met all my expectations just absolutely awesome had the difficulty there that um, I was expecting, but I also, for, you know, not the first time, because I believe, like, one of the Demon Souls had a mage option, but this was the first one where I felt like it was a dedicated mage option and fully fleshed out, had a ton of spells and options to 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 have at your arsenal to deal with the circumstances that were thrown at you. Um, and so, yeah, it was awesome from that standpoint to play a from game but as like a mage character and because i absolutely love playing elder ring didn't finish it um we'll eventually get back to it especially with some of the updates that we had covered in previous episodes giving a little bit of a boost to the mage class so i might mm -hmm. come back and handle a little bit more business mm -hmm. um but yeah elden ring definitely my nominee um my my other honorable mention um did you already do your winner for game of the year Adam? I have not because I got one more honorable mention. All right, what you got, Ada? Overwatch 2. Yes. Just like the first game six years ago, Overwatch 2 came in like a wrecking ball, and no pun intended to my man Hammond <laughs> rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, oh, Overwatch 2, it's, it's every bit as good as the first game, if not better. I mean, there's more characters. The, re the trimming down of the parties from six players to five allows for greater individual performances to shine through. You also don't have an absolute mess with multiple tanks running around unless you're playing in that in that quick play queue. Uh, AMC and some users on some message boards got me into playing role queue. So now it's always a balanced team, whether or not that team has the talent to take it to the line, you know. It's it's a toss up. However, because of PS Plus and multiplayer, not only have I been able to play with AMC, but now I've got my brother East Single on the mm -hmm. scene, and he is kind of a rookie phenom of sorts. So now when we play, as AMC put it, we got all the classes covered. A Dub usually taking that tank, East Single taking that attack role, AMC taking that healing role, that support. So that's three coordinated players on a five-person team and we're all pretty good at the game i'd say you know just understand it a little bit we're pretty good so <laughs> we do extremely well when we're all partied up you know good communication and just good just good natural instincts of moving together and watching each other's backs taking care of you know the kinds of threats that can normally shred a team there's a widow maker out there a dubs moving on it you know if if something is just a little too messy to handle e single runs in there handles it amc he just he just knows the spots he knows when people need some help he knows when he's got to lay the shots down he comes in he finishes he vexes causes all kinds of problems when it's necessary he holds on to that point until the team arrives is 
what what better team could you ask for? I mean, Angie, I was gonna make a remark with you with you having Naomi, so that makes you two time dad, the two to a dub zero. You know how most American families, the stereotype was, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have more. I'm gonna have my my basketball team have my starting five. <laughs> would you would you ever be interested in having more kids so you could have your own esports team? Uh, oh man! <laughs> I mean, for that reason, maybe because <laughs> I definitely have had the uh, the fantasy of like you know kids going away to college and then everybody still hops on every now and then to like jump into like more of a world setting like or like even like an Overwatch type situation like where we play a multiplayer with your kids away from college. That'd yeah, be crazy man. Yeah, like our dad's online. Let's all have on and play yeah. real quick. So that, that let's that get would, dad some wins. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the dream. Um, I mean, a starting five that would be interesting. I mean, you got you got every, you got a tank, you got both damages, and then two support characters. That would be pretty hot. That, I, you think, that would you mean think Theo only, would be a tank? I think, I think Theo, Theo would probably handle tank. He'd be. I think he'd be more of a damage character. He likes. He's more of a disruptor. Yes. And, uh, and I feel like Lincoln. and Naomi's all about taking damage because that's what Theo would be dishing out, <laughs> and then she she kind of rolls with it slash like cries for a second and then it's over it so i think i think naomi's been kind of tanking it for the family if i had to say um and then yeah and then marissa and i would we'd be running support building building them up so they can go out and handle business so all we need is one more kid a dub and then we'll have that full squad damn <laughs> so yeah i can see that a hey, dub coming off the bench <laughs> yeah exactly a dub filling in yeah that would be that'd be great um so yeah that would that that would be reason enough to possibly do that, eh, Dove? Get that, yeah. get that starting fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Overwatch 2, it's outstanding. You know, I, I lament the loss of loot boxes. As you guys know, personally, I'm a supporter of them. And yeah, man, that that's about that. Overwatch 2, outstanding game. Definitely one of the best games of the year. But there can only be two. <laughs> <laughs> My choice and AMC's choice. So my personal game of the year, Elden Ring. Yes. <laughs> so for much of the same reasons that AMC already stated, you know, I, I the only Souls-like game that I've completed officially to date until Elden Ring came out was Sekiro, which I still adore to this day as one of my favorite games of all time. But Elden Ring, it it just blended all the elements of all the from Soulsborne Kiro games together into this one penultimate masterpiece of what Souls is. And it all took place in an open world that you could explore at your leisure, depending on your skill level and your personal daring. It was just horrifically gorgeous in how ruined and dilapidated it all was at times bordering on survival horror other times just that over that overwhelming atmosphere of dark fantasy but just different and better like locations and characters and things had so much more just like foundation and life to them but i found myself caring about the characters and the conflicts like granted i looked up a lot of stuff because it's a fucking Souls game, man. <laughs> Unless you're gonna sit there and play it for thousands of hours and poke and prod and you know every 
possible location and person and action that you can take to make things happen, you ain't going to figure it out on your own. But that's why you have the hardcore community that comes together, shares tips and information. You have so much flexibility in your play styles, a wider bevy of weapons and, you know, the spirit ass summons just in case you're not a fan of multiplayer, but you still need a little help. You know, me and my mimic tier were just running shit all over the the lands between it was it was awesome man i explored as much as i possibly could and still miss probably an entire game's worth of content there are still videos that come out to this day like 20 more secrets in elden ring that you didn't know about this is like oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> it's just always something new and different people figuring out how to one-shot bosses with level one characters and you know, some dude did a run where unless he one shot every boss, the run was a failure <laughs> yeah. with with a level one character. And he did that shit. So Elden Ring, it, it cast a wider net for a broader audience. It was the most successful Souls game and game period for from software approaching to this day, close to 20 million copies sold across all platforms. It was a cultural phenomenon and a watershed moment for the genre. You know, people people said that Breath of the Wild, greatest open world game of all time. No way that it could be top. No way it could be matched. Elden Ring was like, hold my beer, son. Hold my beer, son. <laughs> all day long. Hidetaka Miyazaki getting all the awards and the accolades he deserves for his unbridled genius and disciplined approach to sticking to his guns, even despite consumer criticisms, industry criticisms, some of which coming from developers that feel that their games were developed better and should be getting more notoriety than Elden Ring. But, you know, we ain't gonna talk about that because that was <laughs> that, you know, that was that, that was one of those moments where it's like, hey, you know, you can have your feelings, but show a little class. You know, you guys are all creatives. You're all in the same industry. Instead of you know, having harsh feelings or criticisms, perhaps learn something. Maybe those things that you place so much value on aren't really that valuable in the broader scope of a game that gives the player the personal agency and the tools necessary to enjoy the experience as they wish. So, you know, Elden Ring is definitely going to be a game that we're going to be talking about in we're going to see emulate several times over the coming decade, just like Dark Souls before it. And, you know, we got the announcement for a new From game that isn't a Souls-like. It's Armored Core. and probably should have been my most anticipated game. However, Diablo 4 is just something else entirely. But Armored Core is up there, too. AMC, what was your game of the year? All right. So basically, we had a flip flop. So a, a dub had Elden Ring. Uh, he had Overwatch in his honorable mentions. I had Elden Ring in my honorable mentions, meaning my game of the year is Overwatch 2. Oh. <laughs> so this wasn't even on my most anticipated last year. Overwatch 2 came out of nowhere for me. You didn't um, even think about it. Yeah, it was it was an afterthought. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll play it when it launches, give it a try, see, see where it's at, and then I'll probably move on with my life. Cause you know, I was I I, I don't know what it is when they announced it and they showed it off, it did feel like all right, more Overwatch. All right, that was a good game that I put like over 200 hours into. And so 
I imagine it's going to be more of that, uh, just on a better console, a little bit shinier, maybe another hero or two, and yeah, it'll still feel the same, and so I'll get a taste of it, and then I'll move on. Little did I know that they made one little tweak that completely just changed the experience, and that being the five-player makeup, once they did that, they had the one tank, the two damage, and the two support, and I immediately fell right into the rules. I'm pretty much only solo. I'm pretty much just soloed support. I'm occasionally dipping into the the tank and the damage, but um, yeah, I uh, got into this, enjoyed it. The roles are more defined. The tank character is a bigger bully because there's not two tank characters are just you know working as offensive linemen taking up the entire playing swapping, field, swapping shield duty. Yeah, exactly. Like now you have this tank who's tank a lot of times is getting the most kills, getting the least deaths, and mitigating the most damage as long as there's a good like support character keeping them in the game. So mm-hmm. it's like you gotta keep them. You get support has a very defined role, which is support first, get kills second. Um and then yeah, you got damage out there just being disruptors, being a nuisance and doing what they do. Um, and so yeah, because of that, the roles are very more a, a lot more defined, but it it makes the matches a little more chaotic, if if I will say. Um, sometimes there is there are some some points where like your momentum is just too much and we'll just like just steamroll team, and then sometimes we get steamrolled. But there's been very often those matches where we step in in a backfill and because it's not six players, you can come in and immediately make a, a difference to push the point right past the point as in a backfill role or to secure the point and hold it down from having the payload, make it, make it there. Um, and so, yeah, like it's, it's a game that has crazy swings and I'm liking the hero makeup. It's I'm, I'm enjoying all the support characters uh, we didn't get into what we've been playing uh, the past two weeks, but you know, uh, last on Friday I started really giving Kiriko a shot, and I was really enjoying her play. So that's a character quick with her. Yeah, it's you know, it's that uh, the increased kunai damage is once I get that down, uh, not increased kunai, but increased critical damage with the kunais. If you get those headshots, it's devastating. So yeah, it's uh, I've landed more of those. You need to get my accuracy better, but I'm liking her healing and her teleport ability is just absolutely magnificent. Like uh, it's very much the difference between like mercy sometimes. Like I'll fly, but you know I'm flying, so they still just shoot me in the back and then take me out. But in this in this case, I am teleporting, and so I disappear, and so they can't take me out as I'm getting out of the damage, and so. So I have a better survivability with Kiriko than I do with Mercy, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, but all the characters are still great. Like I was saying to Marissa the other day, it's like you can't really say like one character is the best character. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like in certain games, like they just be like, oh, this person is OP. And so everybody plays as that is that one. It's almost like what is your play style? Because I know like with you, like it'll be like, yeah, this character I'm just not vibing with. And that's because I kind of prefer this style of play. And so I either have to adjust my approach and can't play with this character the way I would play with other characters, or I kind of focus on characters that fit more in the mold that I'm going for and how I want to approach certain matches. And also because they're so different each character can be useful in different situations so Mm -hmm. it's a very complex game that has a very strong team aspect but that all isn't the reason why it got my game of the year a dub the reason why it got my game of the year something i mentioned earlier it's because it brought 
back multiplayer for me. This is a very personal thing. I tried out Division 2. I really enjoyed playing Division 2, but I just couldn't get into it. And I really wanted to play it with you. And, you know, there'd just be times where it's like, all right, I gotta get on. But like, I one, you're a lot higher of a level. And then two, it's like, I have to, I can't quit mid, you know, mid mission or it'll restart me at the top of the mission. Mm -hmm. And so there are just certain things about that, that the quality of life wise just didn't work for what was going on. But Overwatch 2, it works so perfectly because I do get the long sessions with you. But then like on like, say like a random Monday or Tuesday, I can also hop on with you and be like, hey, I got like two matches in me before I have to hop back off. And then we can get in that that quick session. And the thing that works there perfectly, as much as people like to complain about the grind and blah, 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 but <laughs> with the with the battle pass, you have that XP boost, but also you have your daily challenges. And if you do like the all rolls, um challenge you do three quick matches with that odds are you're gonna do that and complete three other two other challenges if not more so you'll do like your three your three challenge quota and then get some on top of that within those three matches so you can literally hop on overwatch daily play three quick matches ditch your unlocks sharpen your sword and do everything needed also get my time with a dub play the game that i like all in a quick brief session and it's it's just the perfect game for that from a multiplayer perspective so they found the right rhythm i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the loot not the, i'm enjoying the cosmetics that i unlock from the battle passes that i paid for i didn't pay for the first one i didn't feel like i was missing out too much and i'll probably continue to do that if they release a new hero i'll probably end up buying the battle pass with that hero because i'm also noticing that they do a lot of skins for that hero in that battle pass so um yeah, I'll play around with it. I know that you had mentioned that Overwatch, or not Overwatch, that Blizzard said that they're going to tweak, you know, the battle pass for the free, free players. So it might be a little more equitable, whatever that means. But, um, hey, pay, pay. If you want to play the game, pay up and you want to get the skins, pay up. Um, but yeah, all that said, Overwatch 2, hands down, my game of the year, surprise game of the year, the game that I thought was going to be an afterthought. It came back. It, it's, it's got me. It's got its hooks in me all over again, just like Overwatch 1. And once again, this set up my excitement for Diablo 4 because it's that idea. Like People look at Blizzard and they're always trying to figure out how Blizzard is fumbling the bag. And yet they always show up strong. They always work with their community to build the most awesome game. And because of that, this just giving me a lot more optimism for when Diablo 4 launches. They delayed it, which means that they're getting whatever right that they need to get get there. And when it shows up day one, I feel like it's going to have that Blizzard polish as far as, you know, what they need to get the, the right gameplay loop there for the, for the, you know, for the diehard, for, you know, the day ones, for the people that want to support them and, and, you know, not just shit on them and try to like, try to assume that like they're they're a shadow of what they used to be and so yeah overwatch 2 just represents so much to me and because of all that it is my game of the year but hey dub we got yeah. we got one more <laughs> yeah. we got the last one we got the last group this is less of an award and more of a of a brown duff <laughs> and I mean the bug spray. We got troll of the year. Troll, troll of the year. Troll, troll of the year. Troll of the year. <laughs> so in this segment, for this particular show, 
we always like to take the trolls that just got shit to say about the entirety of the year. So <laughs> pulled a bunch of these from, from a comment section in IGN's like 2022 wrap up of the year. Pershaw uh, says, this gen tells us something after I started a new run of The Witcher 3 yet again. This gen sucks. <laughs> Next troll says, honestly, I haven't even played a 9 out of 10 game this year. Elden Ring had the potential, but removed so much of what made the Souls games unique to appeal to a wider audience. If Ragnarok is anything like God of War 2018, I have no interest. <laughs> what was removed from Souls? <laughs> <laughs> that was unique to Souls because if I'm not mistaken, it took all the best elements of all the Souls style games that From has made while adding additional elements to make it more approachable to others who still couldn't really approach it. <laughs> made probably the best Souls game that there ever will be until they make the next one. So you haven't played a single game that's a 9 out of 10 this year, you just need to give up, bruh. And if you expect God of War Ragnarok to be any different than 2018, you haven't been paying attention and you haven't realized that it's a sequel. Next troll says, not gonna lie, this year kind of sucks with the exception of Elden Ring and God of War. <laughs> you know, never mind Digital Foundry's best looking game of 2022 being Horizon Forbidden West. Never mind Gran Turismo 7, never mind Midnight Suns, never mind Callisto Protocol, never mind Pentiment, never mind what immortality people have been buzzing about that. I don't know what it's about. Look like you coming through a bunch of video clips and such when people say that it's one of the best story-driven games that have released in this year. I believe Inscription also came out this year, a, a, a card-based game with an interesting art style and dark aesthetic that people have been saying is like a surprisingly good game. Uh, there was Stray, which was a lot of people's favorite game of the year. Uh, we got the we got the next gen version of The Witcher Three. We got the next gen version of Cyberpunk. We got there's so much. <laughs> just so like everything wasn't good but we got some nice surprises and we got a very strong glimpse into what's to come uh, we had some titles that were delayed out of this year like Forspoken and Starfield that'll be coming next year well this year in 2023 so you know we have quite a bit to look forward to and we had quite a ride along the way you had Elden Ring it had the potential fuck out of here with that uh, but <laughs> Uh, I'm, now I'm talking about previous trolls. I'm not supposed to be looking in the past at these dudes. I'm not looking at you, dudes. I'm looking past you. <laughs> and the last troll of the year says, no other game than Elden Ring should be over an eight. Pretty bad year, to be honest. And what is it with And Dust Falls 9? That game was horrible. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least for the most part, people seem to agree that Elden Ring was a bright spot in the year. Some people saying that God of War was a bright spot in the year. Uh, even if you didn't like anything else, that doesn't mean nothing else came out. There was a lot of great stuff just because you're old surly goats that can't seem to bring yourselves to like anything new or different. That shouldn't have any effect on anyone else's opinion nor enjoyment of this growing, flourishing hobby. 2023 
looks to be even more amazing. We'll talk more about that on the next show as we do the the perspective look at what's to come. AMC, you got anything for these trolls? Yeah, I mean, they just overlook the fact that like within a few weeks, like a couple months of each other, we got like a nine, nine, ten, meaning that like we got like Horizon, we got Elden Ring and Gran Turismo, like all just in that first quarter of the year. There's bangers. Haymakers. <laughs> um, enough to like carry you through the rest of the year and into the point where you got, as you said, God of War, got Midnight Suns, and you got um Callisto. Yeah, you got Callisto. And then other games that we didn't even mention. I mean, I I obviously I mentioned um Nobody Saves the World was a game that like came out of nowhere, surprised me. Overwatch 2, as much as people wanted to, you know, harp on the launch and the battle pass, a phenomenal game. So yeah, there was so much to play this year. Um and maybe sometimes it is like you just don't get uh, like I think it became this thing, especially like when I was like listening to like other shows where it's like, there's not a great game coming out every other week. And so it's a bad year. And it's like, oh yeah. Cause like you need something to talk about. And so I feel like it's like people just, they need something to talk about. And if there's not a new game to, you know, to review or to preview, then they just run out of shit to talk about. So then they all fall back on what's going on with Activision purchase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? What did Sony say? What did, what did, what did Phil Spencer say this week about Activision? What's uh, the next thing we should make the community upset about for no good reason whatsoever? Yeah, exactly. Um, and when it's like, you could have talked about Horizon, but you didn't want to, you just wanted to talk about what was co- controversial with Horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that carried you for a little bit. Uh, Gran Turismo, same thing, racing game, but you know, we could we could find um something there to complain about with grind or whatever. And then Elder Ring comes out and everybody's happy. And then that can ca- <laughs> and that can carry you for so long. You get your your updates about how well over Elden Ring is selling, and then you know, all the other stuff about what people are unlocking, as you said, finding in within the world, yada yada yada. But then that can only carry you so far. And then so then people just they got they got angry, they got upset, the year turned turned to worse and by the time we got to god of war i mean you're overlooking the fact too like call of duty this is like one of the best-selling call of duties of all time mm-hmm. um so call of duty back again uh yeah Fortnite migrated over to unreal 5 best iteration of the game ever yeah <laughs> loud it is one of the one of the <laughs> best looking games available and then people are playing they're playing Death Stranding on on a handheld console, that being a Steam Deck. Like the Steam Deck came out, people seemingly loved that and Successful. the possibilities of it. So yeah, there's so much happened this year, and yet people just want to talk about like what didn't happen this year because it's once again it's that idea of you know we call them the community, but sometimes they're just straight up consumers. And me, that being the worst of it, like I just want to consume shit, and, and I want to consume it at like the least cost to me <laughs> to myself um and they just get fat. i wish this game didn't get delayed so i could wait for a sale yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah it's like that idea of just like i just need to consume everything i just need to play every video game uh, and also not only do i need to play it but it also needs to make me feel good and <laughs> if the game isn't making me feel good then there is something wrong with the game and there's something wrong with the developers behind this game not or the publisher. Me. yeah <laughs> So yeah, it's all it all just works into that, and so yeah, thus we have people saying 2022 was an awful year. I know we had a ton of optimism going into 2022, um, and you know some of those games got delayed, and that just once again that makes now 2023 
look to be and we can transition into our outlook of 2023 because 2023 is looking to be absolutely phenomenal we have so many games in our next episode we'll be doing our preview where we'll just run through all all the games that come to eye month by month from january to whatever it starts to fall off at <laughs> uh, as best we can because it's absolutely sad yeah and yeah as we mentioned like or as i mentioned you know it's the games that sometimes the games that you don't see coming are the ones that like hit you the hardest and that overwatch and that's nobody saves the world like i was i was looking forward to triangle strategy didn't get to that live alive came out of nowhere bought that game looking forward to playing that one Um, day yeah as you said cyberpunk a game that people had written off they got it right they put out that next gen patch and everybody was like hey the it's, it's safe to come into water again um and so yeah it's it's one of those things that um if you if you focus on the negative, you can find it, but you're just having to step over a lot of greatness. And as you said, if you if you put out a game of the generation within a year, it can't be a bad year. And that mm-hmm. being Elden Ring, because that is a game that, you know, up and up until that point, Breath of the Wild was kind of carrying the mantle as like, oh, like look at this game and everything that it did. And then Elden Ring stepped in and was like, all right, now let's take it to the next level. And so like I'm sure there's going to be a lot taken from Elden Ring and and, and it's going to be used in Armored Core. <laughs> now, um, it, but things that will be taken from Elden Ring and used in other games to then further progress, like what we can expect from games moving forward that is going to like define this generation. And there's just so much more to come. As you said, Armored Core is coming. You're excited about that. And super. Yeah, we have our most anticipated. I mean, how how what's your outlook for 2023, Adele? We got PSVR 2 also coming. It's It's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be the best year in gaming history. Mark my words. Just once, because I mean, we still don't even know what Xbox is going to be bringing because they're trying to have a big game every month. So that's 12 games right there, possible. We still haven't seen Fable. You know, uh, there's just so much. There's so much. Armor Fantasy Armor Core, got Diablo, got Atomic Hearts. Personally excited for Forspoken despite all the criticisms and all the <laughs> bullshit that people are throwing on the game because I'm playing it for what I want, not for the things that I don't want. And yeah, man, I'm not playing politics for all this bullshit. It's just so much coming out. We might get Black Myth Wukong next year. Stellar Blade's going to be fun. I can already see that. I mean, these China games are going to be coming. Unreal 5 games are going to be coming. You know, we it's Spider-Man 2 confirmed for next year what with starfield what more could you ask for is so much good looking stuff so much highly anticipated like game of the generation type content coming next year then that's the thing that people don't talk about it's not so much you know oh well this year had more games that i liked it's like not only does this year have a laundry list of just amazing titles lots of new ips by the way but it's also the quality of them because I will go to my grave and down this hill. Games today are better than they were back in the day. That's just me. I'm, I don't. I don't speak for control issues as a whole on this I, one. No, I, I I completely. I always say when people say the previous generation was better, it's like nah. Like 
play those games and then play like Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> like play play whatever and then play this and I will t- I will show you that those games aren't better. There are great games. That's not saying that there aren't great games of the past. But the idea all of those games of the past are great. Yeah, but to but to say that we somehow plateaued in the Super NES generation or the yeah. PlayStation 2 generation. <laughs> like no, that's just an absolute fact. That's an absolute like uh fallacy. Yeah, fallacy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So it's like, yeah, I'll take I'll take the twelve highest quality games of twenty twenty three against all the games of any year you could pull. Oh, but what about Super Mario sixty four or Devil May Cry? And it's like, yeah, those games are great for that time, but with the shit that we're doing now and the things <laughs> that we're getting, like, come on now, I'll take I'll take Diablo four over any entire year of gaming you can name. <laughs> Oh. Hands down, and I'm getting Starfield and Spider Man Two and Atomic uh, Hearts uh, and Armor Core Six. It uh, <laughs> just—I mean, might get Hollow Knight Silk Song in the mix there. Dead Space remake. Dead Space remake's gonna be floating around. I'll be Harry, playing for Spoken Harry, Harry Potter Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy, Legacy. <laughs> Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll do a deep dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are just those are just the off the top of the head games, and there's so many more behind that. And then we already got Alan Wake Two in development. Control Two has been confirmed. GTA Six is in the works. This, uh, and these aren't even like the like The Witcher Four, Cyberpunk Two. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's a ton of small indie titles that like we will discover as we're going through the year and be like, oh shit, I got to play that. Like, what's that all about? Like I imagine there's gonna be some some dope roguelikes that we haven't heard about that are gonna suddenly drop on us. And it's Hades be... two. Oh, that's right. Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> oh my god. Baldur's Gate three, yo. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh it's out of control. So yeah, it, I, my, it makes I, absolutely I, no sense. Yeah, my it's once again, it's gonna be one of those years where I'm definitely not gonna play everything that I wanted to play. And that'll be unfortunate, but it's it'll be it'll be a good problem to have because I don't think I'll ever play every game I wanna play. And you know what? That's fine. Because in life, yeah, you only have so much time, so much energy. I'm not gonna half ass every game I wanna play. I'm gonna whole ass just the ones that I wanna play most and work my way down if I have any spare time from there. Yeah. And that's how, by the way, that's how you keep yourself from playing bad games is you try to play all the games that you definitely want to play, not those games that you're kind of on the fringe with. <laughs> well, it was on Game Pass. Yeah, it was a, it was a confirmed, confirmed flop, but I got it anyways to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, to, talk, to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, uh, Dub. Well, that's all I got, A Dub, for the trolleys. Do you have any final words before we get out of here? I would like to thank the fans and the academy and everyone who contributed to this glorious evening. We we put on one hell of a show and we are delighted to be able to do this for you every year. The best is yet to come because 2023 is going to be a monster. And I look forward to experiencing every single day of it. The news is going to be crazy. The releases are going to be out of control and it's going to be the greatest time to be a gamer. This is Control Issues, and that was the truth. I am the C, and this is Ada. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker! <laughs>
Oh!